0: Bartles, pastor of Judson Baptist Church, and you're listening to Mimi Reads the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Mimi Reads the Bible. I am here with Pastor Zach, and we are ready to continue our reading in Ruth chapter 3. Ruth. And I am going to be bossy and and be in control of this podcast. (laughs) Hostile takeover. (laughs) Yes.
0: All right. Well, I I accept your takeover uh, of this podcast, which bears your very name.
1: Yes. And because there is so much going on in this chapter, we are going to read a few verses, stop, discuss, read again, stop, discuss, and then finish the chapter. We're shaking things up. If time allows and All pastor right. I'm
0: not going to interrupt you <laughs> while you're reading the scriptures. In fact, one of my biggest pet peeves, like during uh vespers service or whatever, I don't mind if people kind of you know little things Mm-mm. during my preaching. I mean, I don't love it, but it doesn't drive me nuts, but when someone's reading the scripture, I got to resist the urge to just grab some ears and pull like an old lady. So, I'm over here
1: like an old lady.
0: Oh, oh, well. <laughs> what I meant was, with a sense of authority that comes with age and, um, wisdom. Wisdom and a sense of grumpiness that comes naturally to me and and to some old lady. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> stop trying to stop trying to yes indict me on.
1: <laughs> Why don't you read the Bible? Mimi me, me will. My child, it is my responsibility. Is this for real now?
0: Yeah, but I, I wonder if maybe, and not to interrupt, <laughs> but maybe you should just tell people who's speaking uh, because they won't know. They, they may oh, not okay. remember. It's a couple of weeks ago.
1: It is a couple of weeks since we've last met. And Naomi is speaking to Ruth at this point. My child, it is my responsibility to find a husband and place of rest for you a place where you will find rest and contentment. You have been working alongside the young women who serve Boaz. Is he not a part of our family? Early this evening, during the late afternoon wind, he will be on the threshing floor, winnowing the barley. They toss the stalks into the wind with a fork and watch the grain fall at their feet as the stalks blow away. Bathe and perfume yourself. Put on your best dress, then go down into the threshing floor. Be careful, though. Don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. Once he is relaxed, he will lie down to sleep. Make sure you notice where he is. Once he has lain down, go to him, uncover his feet, and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you have told me to do. And that is up to verse five.
0: All right. So I think what's noteworthy here is that there there could have been a comedic uh, misunderstanding had she not specified, make sure you notice where yes. Boaz is down. Uh, and it's, it's easy to miss, but two months has, has passed here. Um, the first harvest is come mm-hmm. and gone. The second one now is upon us. So it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And she's she's not, you know, making a, an awkward, uh, I barely know you. This is crazy and I just met you. But, you know, here's your garment and call me maybe and marry me and be my kinsman redeemer. They, they've probably grown closer through mm-hmm. this. How do you imagine that, that kind of progressed?
1: Well, I think that uh, Boaz really respected her work ethic and that she did not try to insinuate herself, you know, into a, a a position higher than what she considered herself and she would have been in. And um and yet and she needed still to be guided by Naomi and she respected that. Everything Naomi told her to do, she was willing to do. And I'm sure, coming from Moab, she didn't understand, perhaps. It. I don't know if it would have been the same in Moab.
0: How, how romantic. Ruth, I love your work ethic.
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> well.
0: Now, the thing here, too, is, there, like you say, there are a lot of specifically Hebraic things going on. The idea of the kinsman redeemer, the near kinsman, um, which the word comes from the the root of to redeem, mm-hmm. and I mean when you know you remember in maybe maybe this was a, a trend when I was in high school, but finding Christ figures everywhere. Mm-hmm. The old man of the sea is a Christ figure. Holden Caulfield's a Christ figure. You know, uh, the cat in the hat's a Christ figure. We're in the Old Testament, and obviously we're going to find many types of Christ. Boaz, and I'm sure this is not very politically correct right now because he's rescuing this hapless mm-hmm. young lady, but Boaz is a Clear Christ figure. He's the redeemer for her. He's going. He's going to. You know, the the redeemer would have responsibility of purchasing back her land, and with that comes you marry her, and if you can, you give her children, and and this is something that was just part and parcel to their culture. I don't know. I should probably, but I don't know what what the the thing was in Moab. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. She needs to take and and there's been a reversal, right? Because. When it was time to leave Moab, you have the situation where she says, no, Naomi says, no, don't come with me. And Ruth is like, you have no choice. I'm kind of taken over here because life has beat you down. Now Ruth is reasserting that maternal position, that role. You do what I say and I'll make things good for us. Isn't that like kind of like Ecclesiastes? You know, you have two together. When one of you, life is kicking you in the face, the other one comes along and picks you up and and on you go, and then vice versa. That's that's a, a beautiful. I think the most beautiful relationship here uh, is not necessarily Ruth and Boaz, although that's the point. And Ruth and Naomi, what what a wonderful friendship slash familial relationship. H- have you ever had one of those reversals in your life where you know you needed this person to kind of kick you in the pants and and say no, we're not giving up, and then later on you did that for them.
1: Well, I know for sure that I had the relationship that I had to, um, that they had to kick me in the pants. But I would say, you know, it is a very rare thing, but I have been blessed with that, seeing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how important it was at the time that they were kind of kicking me in the pants, never, um, even imagining that I could like, Return the favor when they needed it, and yet it was really a blessing to be able to do that, and um, and so it, it, it's really a, a wonderful gift when you are able to do that.
0: You, you know that I'm a huge Bible numbers guy. I can't keep myself from bringing up, uh, pointing out all the numbers mm-hmm. and making a big deal out of them. I think that the number two is such an important number in the Bible because it just signifies us being uh, made to be communal, to not be alone. You know, like like Jesus sends his disciples out two by two. There's two witnesses in the book of Revelation. There's two, two, uh, uh, two is better than one. A cord of three strands cannot be easily broken. And then, you know, you'd see the Trinity as this community of self-giving, uh, you know, love. And it, it makes just, it's a great reminder here that we really need one another uh, even when we feel like, leave me alone, get away from me, why are you bugging me? Let me just go lay down and hate life and, and die here in Moab. Uh, or go back home and be buried in Bethlehem. We need each other to, mm-hmm. to say, no, 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 no. I'm not letting you do that. I love you. God loves you. And we're going to get through this. It's, it's such a wonderful, beautiful thing that happens between these two women. And I, I really hope that as people are hearing you read this, uh, we're we're thinking to ourselves, how can I be a Ruth to my Naomi's in my life and then subsequently a Naomi to the to the Ruths in my life?
1: Yeah, it's kind of exciting to think about the relationships you have in your life and you're thinking, do I have any of those Ruth and Naomi relationships right now? And Lord, bring them. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and something that's so beautiful about this one, too is Ruth essentially, I don't want to, you know, take Christian lingo and push it back on uh the Old Testament, certainly, not even the New Testament, say Christian knees kind of stuff. But there's a sense in which she leads her to faith in God. Because this isn't her God, you know, by default. Um, and, and so what she's doing is saying, here's how you are redeemed. The word redeem is used 20 plus times in this book, in its different forms. And I'm gonna show you how to be redeemed. So she's she's in a sense, returning the favor of you kept me from despair and I am going to show you in you know we, our culture where we worship the one true God, how redemption works. Uh, and we have now, as people who read this thousands of years later, this beautiful picture that we're going to see in a minute when you keep reading um, of what redemption is like. Uh, it's, it's really something amazing. Now, before you go on, let me ask you this. What is your take on the fact that the word for kinsman redeemer and the word for blood avenger are the same Hebrew word. Like, that's the same role. It's the same guy. Wow. Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, you weren't here when I preached through Ruth. I made a big deal out of that. No, um, I wasn't. Because, you know, in Judges, the blood avenger thing is kind of more uh-huh. front and center. If you kill my brother, I hunt you down before you get to a city of refuge and I return the favor. And then here, we have such a different emphasis, but with the same word. And it's, it's to me, a very fascinating thing to see kind of two sides of the same coin that don't seem like they belong on the same coin.
1: No, <laughs> at all. Wow.
0: You had no thoughts on that? Nothing comes nothing, to
1: mind. Nothing, I'm still shocked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a God, though, who's, who's holy Yeah. And, and has wrath against sin. And his is grace, graceful and merciful and has great love for sinners. And we want to make those at odds with each other, just like those two terms, I think, mm-hmm. uh, seem at odds, but they're the same term. And these things exist in the same God. And thank God they do because yeah. even at the cross, we see the wrath against sin.
1: And I, I became aware of that so much when we, uh, in the Bible study I was in going through, um, the 1st Samuel and how um, people have no problem with God being good but when God was wiping out cities and and uh, they had a problem with that because that they hated to see that and yet God is a God of righteousness and justice and he has that standard and if and he gives people plenty of chances, but he says, if you do this, I will do that. And he's good to his word. And I don't have a problem with that. So in that light, I can see, giving myself a few minutes to think about it, that it is the two sides to the one coin. And I'm thankful that that is our God.
0: Yeah, and and his grace wouldn't mean anything but for the fact that that he's holy. Mm-hmm. If if grace was eh, whatever, do what you want, and I'll you know I'll just be sitting by. It, it wouldn't be the something to be celebrated. It wouldn't be amazing grace. It would mm-hmm. be meh. It would mean that our God wasn't truly a God to be worshipped.
1: No. All right. Let's let's hear the next section. So she went down to the threshing floor and followed through with everything her mother-in-law told her to do. Not much later, Boaz finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits. He made his way to the end of a pile of grain and lay down there to sleep. Then, very quietly, Ruth snuck to where he was lying down. She uncovered his feet and lay down at his feet. Later, sometime in the middle of the night, Boaz was startled and woke up. When he rolled over and looked around, he discovered there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? I am your servant, Ruth. Spread out the hem of your garment so that it covers your servant. You are a near relative of our family. May the Eternal bless you, my daughter, For the loyal love you are showing now is even greater than what you showed before. You have not pursued a younger man, either a rich one or a poor one. You may rest easy. You have nothing to fear, my child. I will do everything you ask. Everyone in this city agrees you are a woman of virtuous character. You are right that I am in line as a near relative of your family, But I am not the only one, nor the most likely. There is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Than I am. Spend the rest of the night here. In the morning, I will give him the chance to act as your kinsman redeemer and redeem you and your family. If he is willing to do this, good but if he is not willing to fulfill his responsibility then as the eternal one lives i promise i will redeem your family by marrying you now remain here until morning comes is that where i'm stopping? sure sure 14. wherever
0: you, remember you're being bossy today yes that's where you say tell and me that's I where i'm st-
1: stopping here <laughs> There's a lot
0: going on there, and I think to set the scene, let me just tell you a little background you may or may not know, and the, the listeners may or may not know. The, the threshing, it sounds like work, right? And it is work. It's hard work. You, know, you, you, you grind it against the packed earth. You throw it up in the air. The westerly wind grabs the chaff and blows it away. But this is a party. This is not like, oh, I'm working the late shift tonight. It's, dude, it is harvest time and then threshing time. Uh, we're, we're doing, and, and after a, uh, um, famine so horrible it caused people to leave and go to Gentile nations. We've now had two successful harvests in a row. And so people are drinking. People are very happy right now. This is, this is not a somber situation. This is not like she's, she's bugging him at the end of a, a hard work day and he might be in a bad mood. He's in a good mood. This is a good time to go to him. Naomi is thinking clearly here. This is a, a very smart plan. Uh, and she tells her to dress up like a bride. Everything she does to prepare herself is what a bride does. Uh, and she goes there. And to set the scene, she would not. There would be no fire. I mean, for obvious reasons. First of all, time of year, it's it's nice and pleasant out. But you've got all this uh, flammable money sitting right there, essentially. Uh, and and if you were a landowner, you were fairly wealthy. You would lie there and sleep right next to your grain. You're not. You're not going to risk somebody coming in and, and helping themselves. So she knew where to find him and she knew there'd be other men there to guard. But she said, watch this one guy. Has someone who's undoubtedly read this many times during kind of different stages of life. What what are your takeaways from this? And how do you, I know you as a someone who who thinks in dramatic terms, you can't help but think about not only what it looked like, but what it felt like. What do you think it feels like to be Ruth
1: in in this moment? I think that it was both an exciting time for her because I can't even, I can't imagine that Boaz was not attractive to her mm-hmm. um, in the way that he carried himself and, and treated others. And so I think that was kind of an exciting thing. And yet I think it was really scary to just listen to what Naomi said and then to do it and to think, if this is wrong, it's the worst mistake I could ever make. <laughs> um, and so just that kind of holding your breath. I i, I even wondered several times, did she sleep at all? Mm. You know, did she sleep? The Syriac version
0: says she waits till he's snoring to go and lie down at his feet but yeah, doesn't it sound like it's been maybe a couple hours and he like suddenly wakes with a start and there's a woman there? Would you be able to sleep? <laughs> Your mind you know, would be going a million know. miles an hour. <laughs> what if,
1: what if he gets mad? What if he doesn't understand? <laughs> you know. And if this is foreign
0: to her as a Moabite, Moabite S, yes, um, then like maybe she's, yeah, she's probably, no matter what, she, this, everything rides on this. This is a, this is a moment where, I mean, She's probably dreading him waking up because she's so nervous at the same time thinking, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, you know, like, like, let's get this up. Let's find out whether or not. Uh, Very, very fascinating. Do you
1: think she knew from Naomi that there was another possibility? Yeah, I
0: don't don't think so. I I, I don't think so. I don't get the impression Naomi knew. Did you? No. This is our near kinsman. And, I mean, she's been gone a while, years. Right. And and then coming back, you wouldn't know who was alive, who was dead. And and the guy is a total deadbeat, as we find out next time anyway. <laughs> um, Gosh, I love that last scene. It's just wonderful. What do we do with that, though? As far as, like, the whole thing is such a... This is a story... Uh, you know, it's the backstory for David. It's also the story of Christ and his bride. What do we do with this other possible contender? <laughs> it's a hard thing to, to handle.
1: I mean you you think that he was oh yeah sure i'll do it oh no i can't do that i might you know really and <laughs> i would just love to <laughs> to know if he regretted his decision not so, not that he knew what the outcome ultimately would be but just seeing that boaz uh really makes a good match with Ruth, Mm -hmm. and they seem genuinely uh, in love and happy if he thought it may have been worth a risk. There's no way, though, that I mean, in God's
0: providence, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been that other guy. Oh, no, no, well, no. Well, actually, maybe it could have been because they're all near kinsmen. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, because when this becomes David, for through David comes the Messiah, you know, when, when you look in Luke 3 and you follow the whole thing all the way back to, to Adam, you're going through all the people you've got to hit before and after Boaz. Uh, and yet, maybe you could have followed that same uh, genealogical line back with the other near kinsmen if, you know... How how do we know that they're brothers or what? We don't. Um, so it's hmm, it's interesting. It's, you don't get the impression they're they're real close no. by the by the formality. But maybe that was just how you talk to each other at the city gate. Okay. There's so much we don't know. Um, but what we do know is is really fascinating. And the way the story is told. Did you notice in here the the narrative shift from Ruth's point of view to Boaz's point of view? I mean, that, that is yeah. masterful storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, and you go from she knows what's going on to all of a sudden you're waking up as Boaz as you read this story and you are like, what? Am I being set up? Am I being punked here? The guys thought it'd be funny to, you know, one of them dresses up as a woman and lays at my feet to mess with. I mean, what, what is happening here? Uh, and, and yet he's so calm about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He, he doesn't he doesn't freak out. He, he says, I'll do what I can. And, and I think his wheels are turning already. Agree or disagree. Yes. How do I do the hard sell? Like, make this seem like a bad deal to the other kids. <laughs> I, I don't want this opportunity to pass me by.
1: But I think it's obvious when he does talk to him that that's exactly what he's thinking the way he holds back certain information. And
0: then, Oh yeah. It just means you have to, uh, you know, you can have the field if you commit to a lifetime of supporting somebody else and their children. But, (laughs) but, um, another, another narrative thing is in the Hebrew Bible, you know, in our Bibles, this comes right after judges because chronologically it's, it's they overlap Mm -hmm. in the Hebrew Bible. This comes after Proverbs. Really? And how does Proverbs end?
1: With the virtuous woman,
0: right? Who can find such that's a true. wife? And then we get the story of just such oh, a wife. Oh, wow. That's uh, even yeah, cooler. I, I think that's... So you're reading the Bible and there's this flow to it. You read this thing, and, uh, you know... Uh, did you see on the Babylon Bee, by the way, this week? Um, sad, colon, uh, woman, Christian woman strives to be a Proverbs 31 woman and doesn't know what to do with all this flax. <laughs> <laughs> but, but But could Ruth... And Naomi, both of them are like the kind of industrious, um, virtuous, wonderful, feminine, strong, everything mm-hmm. you you would want to be as as a, you know a woman and a woman of faith. They they really embody, and so you have kind of this poetical version and then this narrative version. I love it.
1: Yes. Um. Let, let's hear the end of it for sure. So. Ruth lay at his feet until early morning. Then she got up to leave while it was still dark before she could be recognized by anyone because Boaz realized no one should know the woman was on the threshing room floor. Now bring me the outer garment you are wearing. Hold it out and hold on tightly. She did so and Boaz filled her garment with six measures of barley grain. He handed it to her, then he left her and went into the town to conduct his business. When Ruth returned to Naomi's home, her mother-in-law asked her daughter, What happened? Ruth related all that Boaz had said and done. He even gave me these six measures of barley grain, saying to me, You can't go back to your mother-in-law (laughs) empty-handed. Now you must wait, daughter. We must wait and see what happens. Be at peace. That man will not rest today until this is resolved. You
0: know, if Disney made this movie, there'd have to be a bad guy,
1: right? Uh
0: huh. And coming right on the heels of judge, Judges, that's full of bad guys and, and heroes. There's no bad guy in this story, but like famine and and disease, right? It's mm-hmm. it's and and it's such a refreshing thing. It's just like regular life, like. They're trying to help each other. They're trying to find the best way, and you see God making it happen. And it seems a lot more like regular life than Ehud pulling his cubit-long sword out from his left <laughs> thigh and stabbing King Eglon in the stomach and escaping through the sewers. Right? It's there's it, just such a accessibility, I think, to this story. And and, wh- and and they're all they're all is there any is there anybody here who's not kind of like trying to do their best to serve God? I'm trying to think. That other relative. Yeah, I mean even he is just like you want to do this? Okay.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, uh, he's and, the closest thing to right. somebody who's bad.
0: I mean even I mean Orpa doesn't come with her, but we don't blame her. No. I, I mean she was given the blessing to not mm-hmm. go with her. It's it's such a a nice thing to just see. I mean this is this relates more to me in the church than anything else. You have people wanting to trying to figure out how to help each other, love mm-hmm. each other and, and and especially when someone's having a difficult time. Uh, and i think the takeaway the application is just you know get under the blankets by someone's feet i'm kidding that that don't do that that leads to all sorts of bad stuff when you get to this to point all wrong <laughs> and, and you know there have been i need to mention there have been people who have suggested there's some sexual overture here like she's offering herself to emerson no th- what this is is it's an act of submission uh, and again, I'm sure that's not PC. But this is their culture. And it, it is saying, I want you to cover me. This is the theme all along. He, As a kinsman redeemer, he's already been doing some of the work. Protecting her. Remember, I told my guys, they'd lay a finger on you. They're dead. Um, don't go anywhere else. You're under my protection. He provides for her. He guides her. He provides for her again here. And ultimately, he, he redeems her. And it's... It's just such a beautiful picture. And again, remember, we said that corner of the garment. He's the first thing he said to her was, you're under the protection of the wings, God's wings. And this is the same word in Hebrew. The mm-hmm. corner of the garment is the same word as wing. So he's God's method of protecting her. Ah, good grief. This is awesome stuff. Now, when you read the whole thing now, you've finished. What what jumps out at you?
1: Um, I I just... I love even when Naomi says um to be at peace because that man will not rest until this is resolved. She realizes that he's fallen for her. And I think that's why she puts into motion this plan. And he's an
0: honorable man. So even if he doesn't marry her, he's not going to rest until we are soft. safe. And-, and Yeah.
1: And I love that, that. You know, she wanted her to do this, this and this. And it seems like, but I, you know, it's not resolved. It's not okay yet. And yet she said, no, you be at peace. So if she didn't sleep all night, she's going to go lay down and sleep now.
0: Yeah. And, and again, this t- turning of the tables, because it was it was definitely not Naomi earlier who was saying it's going to be okay.
1: Yes. Right.
0: It, and And so they're there for each other in the right moment. And, and, yeah, when you get to the end of this chapter, this is the ultimate cliffhanger, right? I yeah. mean, I know when we had the, the uh, wheat harvest and the barley harvest, people were like, what? <laughs> but, but this, I mean, everything rides on what happens next. They know their, their own lives hang in the balance. What they don't know is all of mankind Things in the balance. All of Israel first, because of the great King David, uh, and then all of mankind, because of the the greater David Messiah, uh, who's going to come through that line. All of it going back to what seems to her like just kismet, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is some good fortune that we happened upon this guy. But God's at work. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you would read um, Ezekiel sixteen, a few verses from from there, that I think really factor in.
1: 16?
0: Yeah. Verses 8 through 13. Dude, you went right there. That was That was some impressive swords drawn action right there.
1: <laughs> I passed by you again and saw you were old enough to love and to be loved. So I offered myself to you in marriage. I wrapped my garments over you to cover your nakedness. Then I gave you my divine promise to always be your beloved and I entered the sacred covenant of marriage with you. I wed you, and you became mine. I bathed you with pure water and washed away the old blood from your skin, and then I anointed you with fragrant oils. I dressed you in an embroidered gown and put the finest leather sandals on your feet. I gave you the most luxurious linens and exquisite garments. I decorated you with the most expensive jewelry, bracelets for your wrists and a necklace for your neck, a nose ring, costly earrings, and a stunning crown for your head. I adorned you with everything a woman could wish for, gold and silver, the finest cloths of linen, silk, and embroidery. You dined on elegant, meals made with fine flour, honey, and olive oil. You became a beautiful woman and carried yourself as a queen. I think
0: that that's the same description, but one of them is poetic again, and one of them is narrative, and and, and one of them is a typological kind of Mm -hmm. foreshadowing, but God covering us over and making us his bride and providing for us and guiding us and protecting us and you know, right at the beginning there, I covered you with my garment. And the the covering your nakedness means both covering like your shame
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your uh, being vulnerable to the elements, and and you know, you know, giving you protection. It's uh, a recurring theme that we don't talk about enough in the church. I think that we are the bride of Christ, and there's an awful lot packed into that uh, mm-hmm. that the Old Testament kind of backloads into it. Now let's talk about that translation. Uh, It's called The Voice. It's something that Thomas Nelson put out a while ago. And describe to the listeners the the format there.
1: Well, it's almost written like a a play because it it shows you who is speaking. And then also it will give you little almost stage directions Mm -hmm. of what is going on, what you might not uh, know. And so it really is cool. Uh, I had never seen this before, but I love it.
0: And, and a lot of people mocked it when it first came out in my circles as this kind of really broad uh, par- uh, paraphrastic. Um, th- and I'll tell you what I I always work from the the Greek, especially, but even I I do my best with the mm-hmm. Hebrew when when I'm preaching the Old Testament. I have found it to be quite accurate and and does a great job. What I think is a really neat idea about that would be. When um, preaching through a narrative book like Ruth or, or one of the Gospels, mm-hmm. to get a number of people to stand there for the reading, each person assigned a character and mm-hmm. somebody assigned the stage direction and the narration, and to read it in a, mm-hmm. in a dramatic way, I, I think that would be a really neat way to, to do the, the scripture reading.
1: Mm-hmm. I've been involved in a reading like that before, and it is. But this is um, really I, like Ruth, how that would just pop out of, off the page if you did it written um, in the different parts, of the voice. And, right. Yeah.
0: And you and you get, you know, a young woman to, to be Ruth and, a, mm-hmm. and, and and her husband to be Boaz. So it wasn't weird. You know, And mm-hmm. the guy didn't like try to ask her out afterward. If you got <laughs> youth group members, you don't want to do that. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you get uh, a, a different sense. I think. Yes. And and with anyone less skilled, we'd got confused who was who. But with you reading the Bible, we followed just fine.
1: Oh, (laughs) you. That's Mimi.
0: Mimi with two M's.
1: (laughs) No, (laughs) Mimi reads the Bible.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, God willing. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about our church, you can find us online at www.churchlansing.com. Scripture this week taken from The Voice, copyright 2012 by Ecclesia Bible Society, used by permission, all rights reserved. And don't forget, God's word is there to be read all the time. You don't have to wait for me.